you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hand on Johnson, right side, 15, breaking a tackle, 10, to the 5, to the pylon. He's in! Touchdown, David Johnson. Welcome to the Texans. Kelsey in motion again, right to left. Four-man rush. Mahomes fires for the end zone. Caught! Kelsey! Touchdown! Kansas City! Shielding his shoulder just inside the linebacker. And the Chiefs cap off a spectacular drive. They zone block it to the right. Cut back left run. It goes to Edward Delaire. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown! Kansas City! CEH with TD1! What a night for the rookie-clad Edward Delaire! A great cutback run. The 2020 NFL season is officially underway, and the team that won the last game of the previous season wins the first game of the new one. It is the Kansas City Chiefs, who win 34-20 to over the Houston Texans in front of almost 19,000 people at Arrowhead Stadium. Yes, and the rookie Clyde Edwards-Alaire was the star on offense for the Chiefs, running for 138 yards and a score. Dan Hans is here along with the rest of the heroes, Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler, and Chris Wessling. And Wes, this was not the type of game that you come to expect from Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs where they're just wowing you with big play after big play. But at the end of the game, you look up, they have 34 points, and they're cruising past another team that simply had no answers. And that's not counting the best throw of the night, which... Patrick Mahomes put on Demarcus Robinson's hands in the back of the end zone and he couldn't come down with it. Could have been a 40 point game and mm. you're talking about not hitting their stride quite yet, um, and relying more on, on the rookie running back than, than the passing game. So as Greg said at one point late in the game, I, I'm here rooting for the Chiefs like Wes used to look, root for the Patriots just, <laughs> just out of pure excellence in football. Right. I mean, you should be able to appreciate excellence, greatness. I think this is what Mahomes is and what this team's going to be. And it reminded me so much of the playoff game against the Texans in that, 
okay, you can show a lot of different things defensively early, and Chris Collinsworth is going crazy, and Dan is really getting excited about um, Dreamweaver, the attractive <laughs> new uh, defensive coordinator for the Texans, Anthony Weaver. And it's like, wow, they're really Photogenic. They're, they're mixing them up. And it's like, okay, that that's great for like two or three drives. And then Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes kind of figures out what you're doing. And tonight what they needed to do to win was just to slowly move the ball up and down the field. So it's like, okay, we'll do that. And we'll have 31 points with 11 minutes left in the game. And, oh, by the way, when you were doing well early, it was like one punt and a drop touchdown in the end zone. You really didn't do them. It just they make it look so easy. It's wild. I'd point to their drive that was a 16-play 91-yard drive that made it 14-7. And four, you get down 14-7 to the Chiefs, it feels like a lot different than it does to other teams. That that ate nine-plus minutes off the clock. I just there, There's another thing that stuck out to me. We spent months saying that, you know, week one, if it ever even happened, would be sloppy. It would be a hot mess that even, you know, veteran-laden teams would be figuring themselves out. One penalty by the Chiefs for five yards and in mm. Greg spent part of our preview show on our, our YouTube live session talking about how Andy Reid historically with the Chiefs has come out and dropped bombs on teams in week one. And there were a lot of issues for everyone this time around, but I thought they got cleaner as the game went along and they just simply look at they they had to win a little bit of a different way today. But I see a team with Edwards Elaire um, who gives them a totally new uh, dynamic in the backfield. And they get an interception by Legarius Sneed, their fourth-round cornerback. They're just, they have younger players adding to a team that seemed invincible a year ago. I'd be a little bit, um, uh, a little bit terrified if I were in the AFC West or parts beyond. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't hand out lollipops just yet. Let's see the rest of the week one schedule because the, the Chiefs have continuity on their side and they have Patrick Mahomes in an offense that's pretty much uh, constructed as it was last year. Uh, but listen, this is a great, great team. And by the way, yeah, what, I don't know what the scientists were saying, but yes, I, oh yeah, you should be able to truly appreciate greatness. All right, but when it happens <laughs> 20 straight years and that team's from the division <laughs> that your favorite team's in, maybe it's not so beautiful. It's not some ballet on the gridiron, uh, but you know, whatever. For now, though, I agree with you because I'm not a Chiefs fan. I don't have skin in the game, but it is... Fun to watch this team that's a now a juggernaut. It's a defending Super Bowl champion that it feels like we're just getting to know this team, that this is going to be a team that's in the mix and is going to be a high-level power in the NFL for potentially years to come. And, you know, on the Texan side of the ball, I thought, you know, a lot of the same issues. DeAndre Hopkins isn't there, and I know... Uh, Will Fuller, statistically, when you look at the box score, it's like, oh, look, he stepped right into Hopkins' shoes. But that's really not what happened here. Um, Kurt Warner, I was listening to a little bit of the game on Westwood One. We went to Wesling Manor with uh, Wes and Lakeisha. Oh, yeah. And Young Link and uh, Wes's mother-in-law. And we uh, we were watching the game. And once it got out of hand in the fourth quarter, drove back. And Kurt Warner made a good point. He was kind of getting on the roster construction of Bill O'Brien's team a little bit, which is... Listen, when you have this many number two, established number two receivers, it's a little tricky to like ask somebody to become the number one guy. And what was happening too much in this game is what tends to happen when the Texans defense offense gets bogged down, which is plays aren't opening up. And all of a sudden you see Deshaun Watson dancing around, trying to make something happen desperately. And that only goes so far. And, and we saw that again. And you hope that's not a sign of things to come uh, for the Texans this season. But it was today. It was today. 
They struggled to protect him, and they couldn't get anything open deep. Titus Howard, in particular, struggled in pass protection. That was a problem, and I and I think that that point by Kurt Warner is fair. But also, Deshaun Watson is so used to looking at DeAndre Hopkins and throwing to him in key situations, whether he's covered or uncovered, and it's going to take him time to get used to these new guys. I thought it was interesting that. Randall Cobb and Will Fuller played twice as many snaps as, as Kenny Stills and Brandon Cooks. Hmm. Well, Cooks has had an injury, so that partly explains that. But you wouldn't have known Cobb played that many snaps. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I think he oh, had he was a, a couple catches for, for 23 yards. Uh, it's a lot and to ask time. their offense. Uh, I was impressed, though, by the Chiefs' defense. I mean, this is a, a reminder. When Frank Clark and Chris Jones are together and healthy, which they really weren't for most of the last year until the very end, when their defense played the best they played all year, that that's a, a really uh, strong tandem. And Jones stopped a couple of drives on his own, as uh, Wes mentioned. Clark uh, was eating up Titus Howard, the, the Texans. And, oh, by the way, your boy, uh, Hansis, uh Laramie Tunsil, mm. he did he did get a false start very uh, quickly. So he stayed right on pace for that, you know, one penalty per game. That's, that's Tunsil's lane. I want one little aesthetic <laughs> note. I came home from Wes's and watched uh, the game with Laramie Tunsil. <laughs> Go ahead. I, I watched right. the game with with Simone and the kids, and like she was very annoyed by this one Chiefs player that had these bright yellow gloves because you know when he was dancing around like chasing a receiver, and it looks like a flag. And I think at the end they actually the announcers thought that there was a flag. You cannot be wearing yellow gloves, uh, anyone. Mm. In the NFL. I understand that's part of your color palette, but um, could not agree more. Could not agree more with Simone on this issue. Just was Wait, a let's, let's dig in deeper on this. Let's keep going. <laughs> I, I think I've I think I've drawn it out as far as I can, but I just. But know. Edward Delaire, Wes, we talked about it. I I think because he has the same number, I was like, wow, he has a little bit of a little Sean McCoy vibe to him. Uh, but he is smaller than that. But even on a run near the end of the game, and like I said, 138 yards in their last drive that ended up with a field goal that Al Michaels beautifully uh, let the no- audience know with a wink, wink nudge, nudge, that it affected a lot of things in the desert. Uh, he dropped his shoulder, stayed on his feet, got an extra seven yards. Yeah. Uh, if you are a Chiefs fan, if you are Andy Reid, if you're a fantasy uh, fan who took this guy in the first round, you are feeling bullish right now after what Clyde Edwards-Alaire did in his debut. Yeah, I thought he ran really decisively, uh, looked great in the middle of the field. And um, if you're the Chiefs, you might worry a little bit that he got stuffed so easily at the goal line so many times. Mm. I mean, I think yes, his, that was his, the one downside. His strength, though, is is also. I mean, he set LSU's pass catching record is from for running backs. I mean, they haven't really even tapped into that in this game. And I can't. You know, and Andy Reid is sort of a master at you know creating the screen game uh, advantages. So I think we're just starting to see the beginning. But it remind like the you know throwing them into the into the middle of the defense over and over like on third and fourth and short and stuff. That didn't seem to be something that he had mastered at this point. Well, he, he's going to be a great player for them, but it's like slow down and just like giving all the credit to Alaire. Like he, he's going to be great for them. I heard them say some stat. It's like, it's the most yards for a first round pick in his debut or this or that. And I'm thinking, didn't Kareem hunt go up and down the field yep. and drop a bomb on the Patriots in his first game ever. It's like, well, he wasn't a first round pick, but he put up about 200 yards in the same offense with the same coach. Um, I was, it was the same quarterback back then. Right. Or that was that, that might've even been Alex Smith. They put a 40 burger. Up. I mean, that, that kind of makes, make, makes my point for me that, 
you can put anyone in there. You can put Damian Williams and he might be a Super Bowl MVP. There's just so many other things to worry about. Like you're going to let Alaire beat you. I mean, that's, I, it just, it's going to take a special defense um, to give them problems. And I think we know the Texans um, have a long way to go to be a special defense this year. I mean, apparently he's a borderline XFL player based on your commentary. I'm just saying now, he's Greg, like a very good player, but they're saying if, if you put he, if any he, first round running back saying. in there, they're going to do well. I know what you're saying, but he did a few things today, even though it wasn't a perfect game. And yes. you know, they're going to be working on it this week over the next 10 days to get better in goal line situations because it wasn't pretty, but he's, he's flashed enough that made you think, Oh God, this, if this actually does play out the way a lot of people thought it could, that this guy is special. You can't. You literally can't stop the Chiefs. Right, if he'll they be cream hunt without right. the problems, really. Because I, even without, even if you had Damian Williams or whomever back there, they have so many people to, that Patrick Mahomes can go to on this offense, and and they talked about it on the telecast as well. That pick your poison, but with someone as good as Mahomes behind center, he's going to find the guy, and they're just going to score points every single game. And then it just becomes about can you score against the defense? And we mentioned this. In our uh, YouTube preview, over the last six games of the regular season last year, they averaged 11.5 points allowed on defense, Kansas City, then go win three games in the playoffs and win the Super Bowl. So the defenses should not be overlooked here. This is a special team, potentially. Hmm. And they spent less money on defense last year than any team in the league and and won the Super Bowl with it. So I just, you know, they're... It, I couldn't be more impressed with the team building effort in Kansas City. I will ask you guys one question because, you know, Greg and I were sitting, we were socially distanced, but we were in the corner of the, of West Manor, um, you know, having a little bit of a discussion back and forth. Did the players at all look a little hesitant on defense when it came to tackling or a little bit off their feet and maybe a little bit tired towards the end of the first half? And I, I think that's something that would carry over to Sunday. I mean, it was, it was a little sloppy and then it almost like they course corrected by the end of the game. It was, it's tough to tell. Like, I think they, the Chiefs offense was a little sloppier than normal. It's one of those things. It's like, they're still going to be NFL players, but yeah, I think the tackling and the defense for the most part is going to be hard. Then again, you look at like the numbers and they, you know, you keep Patrick Mahomes under seven yards per attempt. I know you mentioned before, for the show, Dan, and it's like, I guess that's, that's a good, that's a good job. You know, at least keeping the big plays off the board relatively. I just was thinking though, we were in West Manor. This was Wes's um, first game he ever watched as a father and with his son right there feel? too. Mm. First game, well, uh, first game for Link. How you feeling? Felt great. He was in his little uh, football outfit, thanks to our friend Dahlia, <laughs> who sent him, that, sent him that personalized with Wesling on the back. So nice to have him there in his football uniform. It was uh, it was a great time. I, I thought the most explosive play of the night was the poop that he unleashed late <laughs> in the second quarter. Minutes after Lakeisha had changed his diaper, he came out and said. He snuck one in there. <laughs> Almost knocked Rakisha off the couch. It was that powerful. Uh, and I guess my final thought is if you're looking for positives out of Houston, yeah, you didn't get embarrassed, so that's pretty good. But you're not looking to not be embarrassed. You, you fashion yourself an AFC contender. David Johnson did look good, especially yes. early on when this game was, uh, you know, in doubt and he played well and had that great little jump cut for the touchdown on the 19 yard run. So that's a positive. And you get the feeling, especially now, who knows, we're going to find out the injury status of Duke Johnson who left with a leg injury. Johnson might become a workhorse for them. Hmm. I, 
I don't know about using the word embarrassed, but that wasn't a close game, and the Chiefs cruised. No. Um, I, no. I, my final thought would be, you know, the old Alec Baldwin quote, for Chiefs fans right now, life is just a boulevard of unbroken green lights. You walk into every <laughs> game thinking you're going to win when you have Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. It's true, and you have you have green lights – you know, facing you for the next 10, 15 years. It, re- it really is a, is a unique and has to be a, a great feeling for this fan base. I would, I would like to see uh, Billy, Billy O'Brien be just like a little more aggressive on fourth down early. Don't, don't punt it away. Go in there knowing that you got to score 40. Know what kind of game it's going to be. And I, I don't know what they would have done schematic wise to, to make it a bombs away type of game, but man, they, they never threw the ball down the field at all. They like, weren't ready. That they was the, ready that was the only way you're going to win this game and kind of know the situation you're going to be in. Go for it on fourth, go deep, go pass crazy. Don't, so, you know, don't be balanced. So Dan, they weren't ready for this game and they weren't ready for the first three quarters of the playoff game against the bills. <laughs> they already start getting ready for these games with all this time to prepare. <laughs> And you want to hear the worst news? Uh, next week, they welcome the Ravens into their building. So I uh, heard that their, schedule, their schedule is brutal to start yeah. the year. And it then, has to be the toughest schedule to in the league. My goodness. So you have to go to Arrowhead on the opening night, which is basically a lamb being led to slaughter. You have the Ravens come to your building. Then you go to Pittsburgh, and then you Ooh. host the Vikings. And then things soften up a little bit with the Jaguars. Uh, but then you have the Titans and Packers, Packers after that. So – they are entering a situation now. It's one of those things, and it's why the NFL schedule is so much different than other sports. Uh, you lose that first game, all of a sudden it starts to get a little hot under the collar. So good luck. It's like a double Jackson playoff. Fans. It's a double playoff schedule right there. I went, you know, I bring yeah. this team up a lot, and and Wes probably tires of it because I think I even compared um, one of your softball teams, uh, one of the Shield teams, to the eighty nine forty niners. Oh and, yeah. When I came home and Luke was saying, I'm rooting for the Texans because the Chiefs beat the Niners Everybody in the drink. Super Bowl. Right. Um, and I, I, I just, come around I said, to your way of thinking. That team, I think they ended up going 14 and 2. Right. But they were closer to like team. A 1 or 16 and 0 juggernaut. They, yes, they were they one were. of the best teams ever. Right. And the thing was, every week, you know, you, if you want to be someone that's out there thinking, I'm rooting against the Chiefs, I'm waiting for something bad to happen, like you are rolling uphill. Because it's just, it just has a look of a team that is going to just find new ways to win, become more powerful by the week. And, you know, I, we all know a few Chiefs fans and they kind of struggled and suffered for a long time with teams that came close. Now you have a team that got there and it's just a question of how many more they can win at this point. And I don't like mm. to jump too far ahead because these things don't happen that often, but this is a very different situation than some of the other one-off Super Bowl winners we've seen mm. before. I'm with you. We, we'd be remiss not to mention, um, you know, some of the pregame stuff that the Texans stayed, you know, in the locker room. Like it used to be back uh, for the first, you know, 70, 80 years of the NFL. They were never outside of the locker room for the national anthem until uh, until the last two decades. And, um, you know, their safety, Justin Reed, said they considered delaying the game uh, that, that they had talked about, um, you know, whether they would come out late you know, and have the game start late as a, as a way to, to raise awareness. They decided not to do that. They stayed in the locker room. Uh, you know, the teams locked arms at midfield and the, the chiefs crowd that was there booed them pretty hardcore at that moment, which, which was interesting. We won't see that like in, in other stadiums, but it, it is still just a sea change to see that the league itself kind of embracing that with the messages on the, on the player's helmet. It's a, it's a, it's a lot different than it was when Colin Kaepernick. And most, 
and most stadiums are going to be empty on Sunday, but right. it was interesting the vibe. It felt like week four of the preseason uh, in terms of the crowd, where you have about 15,000, 20,000 people in there. People are cheering, but because it's such a big space and it's open air, it just doesn't have the same energy, but it's going to be better than other games that we watch it's on Sunday. TV I think sport. it's going to be super odd. It's going to be I, super odd this this week. I, I think it... I, I think it can be two things, which is it will be odd. That's un, of course that that is true. But I also think it's a TV sport, and like if the quality of play is good and the replay, I don't know. It just it still just felt like NFL football to me. I, I think we're also getting a little bit used to it. I mean, we're what not football will be a whole different world than baseball and basketball. But how long did it really take you to get used to watching baseball without fans? I'm not saying it's better or worse, but I mean, it's not that jarring that I can't functionally deal with it as a human. I mean, it's a weird year. Hopefully it doesn't stay this way, but um, I don't know. It I mean, as a big baseball fan, I've, I've hated the experience with no fans. I feel like it takes away a lot of the like energy. And for football, you could turn that up and multiply by 10. Arrowhead should have been going bonkers tonight, and that would have added more excitement to it. But that's just... Yeah, that's the cards we've been dealt as a as a world right now, and it is what it is. Well, there's also the All player right. that might not care, and then there's the other player. There are others that talked about how they fuel off the fans. I think football, you know, like all the sports, but there are certain football players that might turn in a different performance with 80,000 people cheering them or booing them. All right. That's it for the recap of Thursday Night Football. A reminder – you could check out the preview of all the week one games that have not been played uh, yet uh, on your whatever, wherever you listen to your podcast. It was an episode we released released earlier on Thursday. So make sure you check that out and then come back. Of course, Sunday night, uh, our flagship program of the Around the NFL podcast, where we recap every game played on Sunday. Until then, Dan Hans is signing off for the quiet storm, the mailman, the old boss and Rick Hollywood behind the glass. Till Sunday night. Go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com.
Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? I got to change the oil in my car. Right now, get five quarts of Pennzoil Platinum Full Synthetic with an STP Extended Life Oil Filter for only $36.99. What do I do with my old oil? We can recycle your used oil for free. And do you have oil for my old work truck? You can find the right high mileage oil to help it go farther right here at AutoZone. Get in zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply.